Good morning. I'm gonna, first, I want to start by having a word of prayer. Uh, Robert Thompson would uh, like us to pray for uh, Miss Louise, uh, Robert's mom. She's going to be having some uh, injections to try to relieve some pain. And so we wanted to go ahead and honor that prayer right now. Father, we love you. Thank you for always being there for us, being able to bring to you our worries, our burdens, and we know you always hear us. And we want to pray, especially, Father, for uh, Miss Louise, and pray, Father, for the injections she'll be getting, that she'll find healing and find relief. And uh, So we ask this, Father, uh, on behalf of her, and are grateful and honored to always uh, pray for people. We do this in the name of Jesus and with the help of the Spirit. And amen. <clears throat> uh, I hope you've enjoyed this little series on the book of Jude. Next week we'll start a series called Freedom out of the book of Galatians. And so I'm excited about that too. But as we talked about this contender series, the, in the very first lesson we talked about that, uh, uh, what it meant to contend and to fight. Actually, we, the title of that was What to Bring to a Fight. Now, um, uh, I try not to be too much of a fighter growing up, you know. I mean, I did have two older brothers. We fought in the house, and that was different. You know, you could fight with each other, but as long as nobody else kind of messed with you, you kind of had that kind of thing. Uh, and, and by the way, since I mentioned growing up, well, I have some folks here from my hometown. The Brinkleys are here, and Don Wilson and Becky are here, and glad you guys are here. Don's dad... Cecil actually was the very first one who ever got me up in front of a church uh, to read a scripture, to lead a song, and so he's to blame, okay, uh, for all that there. But uh, glad you guys, by the way, are here with us today. But, uh, you know, growing up, you have those kind of fights and those kinds of scraps, right? And, I, and used to, even in teenage years, uh, if two guys got into it, after school, you meet somewhere. Did y'all do this, or is this just like in Arkansas? Y'all do this down here? You'd meet somewhere, and you'd have a, you know, everybody gather around because everybody's excited to see a fight, right? I don't know what that is, but people love to see bloodshed, don't they? You ever notice that? So I mean, hit together, you say fight, and boom. And if it was a girl's fight, the crowd grew really big, quick. I don't know why, but the, anyway, so... They'd gather at the school, two guys would have a fight, and it usually wasn't much to it, and they'd be a little flesh popping, and then it'd all be over, and everybody'd go home and be okay. You know, they don't really work that way anymore, because now they're pulling out knives and guns and, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, it seems like you can't just, well, I don't know that it was normal, but you can't have a normal fight and just go home anymore, it seems like. But there is something worth fighting for, worth contending for, and it's called the faith. This faith that came by the apostles, this story that came of Jesus and who he was and the death, burial, and resurrection, that story that changes hearts, that's worth standing up for. So we want to be bold with the word, gentle with the people. And that's a hard balance sometimes to have. <clears throat> but we're contending for the faith. Now, the reason Jude writes this is because there's a bunch of folks that have snuck in there, secretly slipped in among the crowd. And they've been pulling people away from the gospel. And he says they even look and act religious. They're, they look like clouds that are going to produce something good, but then there's, nothing comes out of them. It's like clouds without rain. He describes them that way. And eventually you're going to know them because they're going to cause division, and they work off basically their own nature and selfishness. They don't work by the Spirit. And so he says don't be surprised then 
when these guys show up. Don't be surprised by it. Let's look at this verse, first couple of verses as we wrap up Jude. Dear friends or beloved, remember what the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. And Mary says in the last times, look, the last times, there's a lot of times, a lot of stuff goes about, is this the last days? Are we in the last? Oh, look, the last times is simply from the time, from the time Jesus went back to heaven until he comes back again. That's the last times, right? We've got the message that changes the world. We don't know when he'll come back again, but we're excited about it when he does. But until then, we've got to have to contend for this message of the gospel and make sure people get, because look, don't be surprised if people come in and do this. That's going to happen. Now look at the next two verses. But you, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Now in this verse, the way it's written in the language, actually the main, the main verb is keep yourselves in God's love. And here's how you do it. You do it by building yourself or growing yourself up. You do it by praying in the Holy Spirit. And you do it as you wait for Jesus Christ to come again. <clears throat> this first thing of growing or building yourself up. What's one thing you've done this week to help you grow spiritually? And don't say go to church. <laughs> okay? There are a lot of people in church on Sundays. The uh, uh, United States, there's a lot of big churches. There's a lot of people who claim they believe. But there's, all, there's a whole lot of unconverted believers, if you understand what I'm saying. They've not made a commitment to be a disciple. There's an audience of religious people, but we're not looking for audiences. We're looking for disciples. We're looking for people who make a commitment to follow Jesus wherever he goes. And so what, what, what am I doing, what are you doing that makes sure that I'm building and growing my life as a disciple of Christ? That has to do with talking to God and hearing from God and, and looking into His Word and letting His Word speak to us. And he says, Peter said, look, all things that pertain to life and godliness, I'm giving you. So how am I getting nourished spiritually? Well, look who you're running around with. Look what you read and look what you listen to. And we'll find out what nourishes us. It's pretty simple. And yet, sometimes those, those things that are the simplest are the most difficult to practice. It's like the old song says, take time to be what? Holy. Speak off with thy Lord. Spend much time in secret. Feed on his word. Make friends of God's children. Isn't it the simple things that are difficult to practice? And yet he says, if we're going to keep in God's love, and I love the word keep, he mentions it several times throughout here. Remember in chapter 1, the very first few verses, he says, you are called, you are loved, and you are kept. That's who you are. And so now as God's people, what are we doing to nourish ourselves? Look, at least spend some time reading God's word. Spend some time Delving into some of those passages and, and, and digging. Look, we have information available to us more than any other generation. Because not only do you open up your Bible right now, you're, some of you are opening up your uh, iPad, your cell phone, your device that you have, and you can pull up instant information. 
and I'll be preaching about something, and if I say a word wrong, you can Google it right quick and say, no, Mike, that's not what I said, right? I mean, it happens. I mean, don't do it. I'm just saying it could happen. <laughs> Information overload, it's out there. Take advantage of the Bible and its availability and all the commentaries and information and great teachers around to be sure you're getting nourished from God's Word. Grow. Grow in the faith. And pray, says, in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Romans, Paul says in the book of Romans in 8, the Holy Spirit, even when we don't have words to go to God, He speaks for us. And I like that. Because sometimes in my prayer life, I don't know exactly what to ask for and how to help make things happen. And I want to take things to God and I get even frustrated even about how and what to pray for sometimes. Yet the Holy Spirit that lives in me takes up my words, my heart, and my thoughts to the Father in heaven on my behalf. What a neat thing to know. Why wouldn't we take advantage of going to God in prayer more and more? Look, James says, look, sometimes you don't have something because what? You didn't ask for it. Do you realize there are things that could actually happen that do not simply because we don't take our voice before the Almighty? I'm saying if we want to make some things happen, then we got to make prayer happen in our churches and in our homes. Get back to going to God the Father. I tell you, I love my mama for one thing she did. I, I, I never heard my mom and dad praying even though, I, even though look, they took me to church all the time. You know, I'm like some of you. I had a drug problem, right? I was drugged there on Wednesday night. I was drugged there on Sunday morning, right? You know, kind of thing. And so and I was glad. I'm glad that happened. I'm so appreciative of my history and that somebody sowed some seed in my life. But my, I do remember my mom knocking on my door and saying, Mikey? Now, that's what my mama called me. I didn't give everybody else in here the right <laughs> except Margaret Smith. Now, she can do that. Mikey, don't forget to say your prayers. Now, I had a strange view of prayer. I'm not sure how I picked it up. But I knew you prayed and you needed to mention all your sins. So, you know, I tried to list those things. I mean, some lists are longer than others, right? Some days are tougher. I mean, I'm trying to list them. And then I try to say that, and those I missed covered prayer, you know. And then, and I'd be doing it at night, and I'd pray, and then you have to say what? In Jesus' name, amen, for it to get on up to heaven. And so I can remember praying so legalistically that I would go through those things, and I would fall asleep, and then I'd wake up and think, uh-oh, I didn't say in the name of Jesus. They must be stuck somewhere between my bedroom and heaven, right? So I'd say, in the name of Jesus, and push those babies right on up and be thankful I didn't die in my sleep. Now, some of y'all don't understand that, right? Because when you don't understand grace and assurance, we get that kind of idea. If we don't do everything just right, we're not going to make it. I'm telling you, you'll never do everything just right. He did everything just right, and praise God for that, right? So, when I, when I, now I think about that when I pray. If I go to sleep praying, I think, what a great way to go to sleep, talking to the creator of the universe. That's a comforting, assuring thing, not a scary thing. Pray in the Holy Spirit. And then he said, wait. Now, this is something we have a difficult time with, waiting. I mean, we live in a world with instant information, instant food, instant relationships, 
You know, I mean, some of you out there, you're on farmers.com or whatever it is, right? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? You're trying to find that instant, you know, uh, uh, hookup or whatever. I say, look, look, wait, wait, please wait on that one. He says we're to wait. We're not a society that waits very well. We microwave stuff. We want the fastest car. We want to work into our, uh, our week as many activities as possible. And yet he says one of the things we need to do to keep us in God's love. Did you notice that? This is a part of keeping us in God's love. Is to understand that we wait for something. We wait for the mercy that Jesus Christ brings. And I'm telling you, that's worth waiting for. So sometimes when you feel all in a hurry and all anxious about something, maybe you just need to pull off to the side, calm down, and wait. Wait. You see, time in God's Word, time with God, and then just understanding we're waiting on the Lord should bring a calmness and confidence to how we live. So we don't live like people who are addicted to the news and every, every bad thing that comes out there they put in their heart and mind worrying about is the world going to end and all this is going to happen, what's going to happen in our country, what's going to happen in somebody else's country and all the wars that are going on. Hey, look, I'm, I'm not saying it's okay to keep up with what's happening, but look, some of us feed on that so much that what's coming into our heart and our mind are things that create anxiousness and doubt and worry and that's not the kind of people God's people ought to be. Those are terrible testimonies when we're going to hear worried about what happened. Look, God controls everything. I just want to keep growing in the faith. I want to pray in the Holy Spirit, and I want to wait on God. Just calm down. It's okay. When you're in the gospel, I promise you, things are going to be all right. Keep strong. Then he says this in the next few verses. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. You know what he tells us here? Keep active toward others. You see, on this last round here, this is, this is a, a, a contending and fighting. What do we want to do? We want to grow, but we also want to stay active and reaching out to us. We want to be on the offense. We're not just guarding against bad things in the world. We want to be active and part of that is reaching out to other people, having mercy to those who doubt. There'll be people who waver and doubt. And we've all been there. We've all done that, right? And we're kind of like that disciple said uh, 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 about his belief. Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. We do that wavering thing from time to time. Look, working with each other, have mercy. Give people mercy when they're wavering and in their doubts and help grow them up. And then he says this other thing, he says, rescue people, snatch them from the fire. You have the greatest news in the world, the news that can change where they spend eternity. And some are there close because of this false teaching of leaving the Lord. So no, you be aggressive, you snatch them from the fire, you reach out and grab them. You've got good news for them, how they can be right with the Lord. And then have mercy with fear. That means with caution. Okay, it's not, not just respect for God. Obviously, that's always there, but, but with caution. Why? Because I don't want to get stained by the very thing that has stained them. So there's a caution there about, about their garments that are stained with sin. Boy, what a great picture that brings up. Look, it's, it's like this. I want to reach out to people, and I want to bring them, but 
But in my reaching out, I can't reach out to areas that I'm weak in. I, I, need, to be, I need to be cautious about that. If, if you just got converted out of the bar last Friday, you don't need to be going back into the bar this Friday to reach somebody. That's going to be problematic for you, don't you think? Does that make sense? I mean, look, if you're addicted to, uh, uh, if you're trying to change your behavior, if you're addicted to donuts, then driving by the donut shop every morning is probably not a good thing. Right? And, and some said, Mike, I'm just looking for a sign for what the Lord wants me to do. And I drove around the donut place five times. A parking place opened up, and that was a sign. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure that's how it works. We reach out to people, but we don't go where our weaknesses are. We gather people who are strong around us, and we figure out a way to help one another in this walk. But we keep active toward each other. And then, look at the next two verses. To him who is able to keep you from falling or stumbling, and to present you... Before his glorious presence, by the way, that word present is a word to make stand. Without fault or defect and with great joy, to the only God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord. Before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Keep confident in God. Look, God is able. He is able to keep you from falling or keep you from stumbling. Aren't you glad that while you keep God's love going on in your life, look, ultimately you don't have to worry. God keeps you from falling. You've tried to keep you from falling, and it didn't work too well, right? But God keeps you from falling. Now you take responsible action as a disciple to grow and pray and do those things, but ultimately what keeps you from falling is the power of God. And he keeps you from falling and stands you up in the end in his presence without defect, blameless, he says, and with great joy. So God is not taking you at the end of, uh, of time and presenting you into heaven's glory and saying, well, you know, uh, 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 here's, old, here's old Tommy, but you know, I I'm glad he made it. I was worried about him, but, you know, I'm, but at least he's here. You know, it's not like that. He stands you up and says, there's nothing wrong in him. He's blameless. He's without defect. He's perfect. Look at him. He's my child. And he does that with great joy. That's how God presents you to heaven. Don't forget to keep your confidence in God. He is able. Why is he able? Look, he's the creator of the universe. He is the sustainer of life. He is the savior of our souls. Is he able to keep you from falling? Yes, yes he is. He is uh, ever present. He's never absent. He loves the unlovable. He touches the untouchable. He feeds the poor, heals the sick, calls blind to see, and lame men to walk again. Is he able to keep you from falling? Yes, yes he is. He spoke the world into existence. He saved the world through his child. He destroyed armies. He sets up kings and takes them down. He holds the oceans in their place and the galaxies where they belong. They obey him. He is able to keep you from falling. Yes, he is. A bird doesn't fall from the sky. 
that God doesn't know about. He knows every hair on your head. Now, that's easier for some than others. I just say some turn loose and some turn gray, but that's, you know. But God knows every hair on your head. And he also knows every sin in your heart. And he sent his son to die for you because he loves you anyway. He is what? He is able to keep you from falling. He knows every injustice that ever took place in your life or the life of anyone else. He stood Jesus on this earth. Watched him at the cross. Stood him up out of the grave that we could have a hope of eternal life and he'll stand you up before him too. When you walk out of here today, I want you to walk out with full confidence as God's people that whatever comes your way, whoever secretly slipped in among the folks to try to get you off track, I want you to know with full assurance that God is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless and does so with great joy. So don't walk out of here in, in fear and in timidity, but walk out of here with confidence, not pride, but confidence because you're confident in a God who is able to keep you from falling. Amen? Amen. Now let me ask you, who wouldn't want to get in on serving a God like that? Well, you put your faith in Jesus Christ like the ones you saw before our assembly, before our worship started today. You claim that Jesus is going to be the Lord of your life. You be baptized into Christ for mission of your sins, and you start life all over, brand new. That's what you have the opportunity to do today. Or if there is a greater need to repent of some sin and get it out of the way, that's what our invitation is for. But we offer you to be able to walk out of here confident, knowing God is able. If you have a need, would you come while together we stand and sing?